1: Sport city, sport city, chefs, chef. Sport city, sport city, chef, chef. Sport city, sport city, Sports chef. Sport city, sport city, chefs, chef. sport city, sport city. Chefs. Yes, Lord. we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding. I pray you haven't Word from the wise, my people stay ahead. Come on. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case go from cold to hot state.
0: Kids. Uh. What's going on, Sports City? Y'all know what it is. It's the chefs back in the building. Chef Mike here with you on a Thursday night night. Round table gumbo up in here. I'm hoping my co host, Mr. Chandler Knight, is able to make it tonight. I did not get a response, so we will see if Mr. Chandler or any of the other chefs are able to join me tonight. Lots of things on the plate, though, so I can serve some things up for you tonight here at Roundtable Gumbo. Let's go ahead and get a couple of things out of the way. First and foremost, shout-out to TP Timeless, the head honcho. Without him, I wouldn't be here, wouldn't be part of this Sports City chef's community. So, yeah, Sports City, y'all know how to do. Always make sure to give gratitude and appreciation to the big man, the big cheese, the head honcho, TP Timeless, uh, my brother from another mother, my friend, and uh a guy that I give all the gratitude to in the world for bringing me on to the Sports City Chef's family. Shout out to Villa serious Sirius. Took you guys a little while, but you guys accepted me and part of the family. Mr. Chandler Knight, Speedy Recovery. Hope to have you back on soon. If you're not able to make it tonight, my co-host on Thursday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern time, right now in the place to be, Sports City. You guys can be anywhere else. Appreciate you listening to me. Hopefully, those of you that are here will. Like, share, like, and subscribe, all those numbers and things help us. Check out phiapparel.co. That is phiapparel.co. Use promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. This is for all your custom Philly clothing needs, Uh, sports apparel. So you want your Bryce Harper, Michael Lorenzen, the new uh, acquisition from the Detroit Tigers that goes to uh, the Phillies. He pitched really well today in Florida, gave them eight innings. Five strikeouts, one run, uh, assisted the Phillies in taking three out of four in Miami uh, this week from the Marlins. So can the Phillies start to separate themselves and ease in to that second-place position in the National League East? Time will tell. But they went three out of four today. Bryce Harper playing first base, as we talked about. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, after a strong month of June, are backing it up in the month of July, and they are right there in the mix of the wild card picture in the National League. So if you're a Philly fan or you know somebody that is or you're just trying to get in somebody's good graces, man, check them out, Co. They have unique designs. You'll definitely stand out in the crowd. People will be like, where did you get that from? You can turn them on to PHI Apparel as well. Tell them. Check them out, Co. Promo code chefs at checkout 15% off. Uh, check them out. We appreciate PHI Apparel sponsoring what we do here in Sports City. So, thank you, PHI Apparel, uh, for your sponsorship and for your support. Try to make sure we shout you out on every show. Uh, also, check out our site, com. We've got lots of blogs that have been out lately. Barry and I wrote about predictions on the uh, trade deadline from the American and National Leagues. I'm going to have an article coming out this weekend, kind of recap the deadline. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, though. We also had lots of fantasy articles. I wrote about sleepers. Uh, Sirius wrote about fades. We wrote some on draft strategies. Controversy did – a more in-depth article, a mock draft. So we have lots of information out there to prepare you from the most uh, from the most advanced player to the newbie, the novice, the guy, you know, or female or person just trying to fantasy league for the first time. Uh, check out our website at sportscityshats dot com. Read a lot of our blogs. We got a lot of info there that can help you prepare. For your fantasy draft, whether this is your first draft or the 50th or more, uh, check us out. Check out our blog's website, everything else. Got more and more coming out, so uh, take a look at that. And then check out our shows. 9 p.m. Eastern Time is when you can find us on weeknights on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Tuesday is the front office show hosted by Sirius Simmons. Uh, Wednesday, the college cookout. The villain versus Timers. Where good always wins. So check it out on Wednesday night. Tuesday, serious, and I will stop by for part of that. Thursday night roundtable gumbo, and then Sunday mornings at eleven o'clock Eastern Time, ten o'clock Central. Uh, TP Timeless ahead, Honcho and I coming at you on Saturday, on Sunday mornings. We will recap what happened over the sports weekend on Friday and Saturday. We will set the table for you. Preview all the action on Sundays. It's going to be drawing attention and get you all ready to go uh, for the sporting world on Sunday. So check out TP Timeless and myself with the Timeless Sunday morning brunch. I'm just happy to be the sous chef and, and, uh, you know, carry his knives on Sunday morning. So uh, listen, we step in and do that on Sundays. But we're going to get into Medium potatoes. I told the fellows that I was going to talk this week about the trade deadline, the goods and bads, the indifference of everything. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk about winners and losers. And I'm going to kind of just run through the league as a whole. So I'm going to start in the National League. Uh, looking at the National League right now, your three division leaders and. Uh, some divisions are closer than others. But, as West, Brewers in the North, Braves in the East. Those three teams would all be in the playoffs right now if the playoffs started today. Now, and now you also add to the mix seven more teams. Uh, let me see. Phillies and Marlins in uh, the see. Phillies and Marlins in the east, Reds and Cubs in the central, so there's four, Giants and Diamondbacks and Padres, technically, in the west. So let's stop real quick and say, in my article I thought the Padres could sell and I thought the Cubs might consider selling some, uh, but both of these teams played some really good ball in the last week or so, leading up to the trade deadline. For example, the Padres, right, going into the deadline, just got a sweep of the Rangers this past weekend. So uh, I think once they did that, they felt like they were good and could compete. So uh, big ups for the Padres being able to find a way to get back into this. So uh, that is a team that spent a lot of money, Going into the going into the off season, uh, they traded for Juan Soto uh, last year and Josh Bell, and they gave up a lot of prospects who were starting to see play every day in the nation's capital. C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie gore did been pretty good, um, so they gave up a good uh, a big haul for the. Nationals in order to get Juan Soto and Josh Bell was turning into that trade as well but make no mistake the trade was for Soto if he has at least one more year maybe two actually left on his current existing contract so we will see what happens with Juan Soto and San Diego, I never really thought that Soto would get traded. I just didn't think that the front office could uh, manage that and, like, still keep the faith of its fan base. So I thought they might consider trading Blake Snell, who's been really good since May 1st. I thought they might consider trading Josh Hader uh, because both of those guys are free agents at the end of this year. But neither one of those moves happened because the Padres are only about four or five games off the pace right now. And with two months left to go in the regular season, they have time to make that up. So uh, Padres playing some good ball, trying to get back into this. uh, Still a little bit under five hundred, but still within striking distance. And then you keep in mind the struggles of – the Diamondbacks, who have not played good ball coming out of the break, they have really, really struggled uh, coming out of the break. They lost again today, one nothing to the Giants. The so Diamondbacks have really kind of hit the skids. This is very common uh, for teams as you start getting into late July and August. Uh, the the teams that have been there before find a way to bounce back and snap back out of it. You know, the Braves had a stretch recently where they were 4-6 and six in, a, in a 10-game stretch, but uh, they have now bounced back and played a lot better ball. They're five and one, uh they're five out of their. They've won five out of their last six. Um, they're starting to come back and play a little bit better. So we will see uh, how this unfolds. But the pie, I'll start, go ahead and talk about the Padres a little bit more. they're one of the seven teams that are still in this race in the National League. Uh, probably the furthest back of any of the ones that I would consider still in contention, but they're there. And they did a couple things to kind of – they went from possible sellers to buyers. They made a couple small moves to help this team. They got G-Man Choi from Array and Pirate uh, to help out at first base. They also added Garrett Cooper from the Marlins. So you kind of have between those two and Cronenworth and whatever, you kind of have three bats for two spots between first and DH. So they're hoping to maybe get a little bit of production increase there as Jake Cronenworth has definitely been very disappointing this year. Hashan Kim has been very good at Tuckett Basement over the last couple weeks, few weeks, has moved into the leadoff role uh, for the Padres and had a good season. The Padres also added Rich Hill, long-time pitcher. Uh, He's been with the Cubs and the Orioles. He just recently came from the Pirates. He's been with the Dodgers. He's been with Oakland. He's been with a lot of teams over his career. Uh, left-handed can pitch. He's been in the league for a long, long time. Uh, so the Padres add him to try to give them a little bit of depth at the back end of their rotation. And then they also go get Scott Barlow, who is the closer right now for the Kansas City Royals, to give them a little bit more depth in that bullpen. This Padres team, I'm telling you, is a team that you don't really want to face in October. Uh, They were good last year. They knocked out the Dodgers. They did lose to the Phillies uh, in the LCS, but this team was a problem for sure. Uh, Last year in the pro season, uh, them and the Phillies, two wild cards, made the league championship series last year. So uh, this Dodgers team, though, with Kim and Catice and Machado and Bogarts and all the other pieces that they have, uh, on this squad are a problem. Uh so as we go, continue to go through the national league, uh before we get any deeper into this, let me welcome my co host who has arrived in the building, Mr. Chandler Nine, how are you doing this
1: evening? Uh I've been better, I've been I've been better. How you doing man?
0: I'm doing pretty good, man. Always glad to hear your voice. Um we just kind of going through the the trade deadline stuff. I don't know how much you were hearing what I was saying before we you got in. Padres and what they did. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to add on the Padres?
1: Um, I think they made a huge mistake by buying. Um, you know, people say that chemistry doesn't matter and guys not liking each other doesn't matter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. I disagree. There are issues in that clubhouse. There are issues with the manager. And honestly, I think they should have sold. I really do. To to recoup some of the talent that they let get away. Um, there's a jealousy in that clubhouse about Tatis, about Soto. Um, and, and I said this when Bob Melvin got the job. This was a guy who had very talented teams in Oakland, and all those teams usually failed. And what's happening now? So I think they should have. I think they should have been sellers. Personally, uh, I think they should have. I think Darvish should be gone. I think Snell should be gone. I think Soto should be gone. And honestly, I think they should have tried to see if they can. Get anybody to take that piece. You know, you
0: you got this owner in this fan base and like, why not us? We can spend money, so we're going to spend money to try to make this work. I agree with you if the uh, chemistry is not right. It doesn't matter what you spend. Um, when I get to the have-nots in a minute, we're going to talk about another uh, case of that. <laughs> and what has really turned out to be a not very good season in the National League. So, We have, we, we mentioned the three teams that are leading their divisions right now we got seven other teams that, if you count the Padres, it's still in contention. you got seven other teams that are still there. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Giants kind of stayed low-key. Uh, now, one thing I do want people to understand is sometimes the fact that a trade was not made does not mean that there were not conversations had. Maybe – One team or the other wasn't comfortable with the asking price. But the one thing I will say about Arizona, even though they're kind of struggling a little bit right now, it's good for them. They didn't mortgage any of their future right now uh, just to try to make this work. I think a lot of people thought Arizona was at least a year away coming into this year, and they could still bounce back and still be in this discussion before the – I mean, in the playoffs before this year ends. But Arizona and San Francisco kind of stayed low-key. Uh, here coming into this trade deadline. So that takes care of three of the teams that I mentioned outside of the division leaders that are there. Uh, going to the central, you know, the Cubs were a team that a lot of people thought might be sellers. Thought Cody Bellinger might get traded. Thought Marcus Stroman might get traded. Uh, they won nine out of their last 11 or eight out of their last 10 or something going into last night. And won last night, uh, I only did a two for the leadoff home run tonight, so we'll see uh, what happens with that game tonight. But they have gotten two out of three to start this weekend, for, to start this four-game series from Cincinnati. And so they're either going to split or at worst, or they're going to win three out of four. And then they got the Braves coming in tomorrow. So this is a big week uh, for the Cubs, if they can keep their head above water. But at the end of the day, the Cubs really didn't trade anybody. Uh, They kept everybody uh, intact to try to make a run at this. Uh, You know, going into last night, the Cubs were just sitting like four games back from this division lead. And right now, uh, if you're not leading that division, the Cincinnati Reds would be a wild card team if the playoffs started today. So uh, that covers those two. Milwaukee made a couple of – minor moves, uh nothing real, uh major for the Brewers either. Uh looking around, they didn't, you know, trade their closer at the deadline like they did last year. Uh so nothing really major in Milwaukee. The Cubs did get right the Cubs did make one move. They got Candelario. Candelario, the the third baseman that was actually with them early on in his career. Uh he'd been moved to the Tigers and then the Nationals this year. Uh, But they did get Condelerio to help them at uh, third base. So uh, that's a nice little pickup for them. And they kept their pitching intact. So it looks like all three of those teams are still going to kind of be there uh, before we're done. So that's five going out to the Eastern Division real quick. I thought that the Phillies would make a strong play for a corner outfielder. That did not happen, but they did uh, make a move and bring in Michael Lorenzen. Thought, okay, whatever. Uh, But Lorenzen did pitch really well for them today. As I said earlier, eight innings, five strikeouts, uh, one run, helped the Phillies take three out of four from the Marlins today to entrench themselves right now in second place in that division. So uh, Michael Lorenzen is their big acquisition. The Miami Marlins went and got Josh Bell. They also got Jake Berger uh, at third base. He has 20-something home runs this year from the White Sox. He's only hitting about 210, but he's got 20-plus home runs, helping them kind of turn things around there. So they tried to lengthen their lineup with those two guys added to their uh, – there. so they, they traded Garrett Cooper, but they acquired Josh Bell, and they got – Jake Berger, and the Marlins also got David Robertson from the Mets. He was the first piece uh, from the Mets to be traded. Uh, So they did a little to help themselves as well. Uh, Really quickly, before we talk about the five have-nots in the National League, uh, three division winners, I just told you Milwaukee did not do a whole lot. Uh, The Braves just kind of improved on the fringes a little bit. They – Uh, got Mickey Lopez from the Royals to be a backup utility infielder, Uh, replaced Charlie Culberson on that roster. They added a couple of bullpen arms to see if that would help. They got Pierce Johnson last week and Taylor Hearn, who they flipped for Mickey uh, Lopez. And then they also got Brad Hand. So they got a couple guys at the back of the rotation to kind of help them, and they claimed Yanni Chirinos off waivers from Tampa. Couldn't start for Tampa. I don't know what they think he's going to do there, but uh, they're going to get Max Freed back really soon as well. So uh, he's supposed to be pitching tomorrow actually at Wrigley. So uh, that kind of covers the contenders in the National League. Before I hit on what the have-nots did, uh, Chandler, you got any uh, comments you want to add on any of those things I just mentioned? Um,
1: I like what the Marlins did. I like Josh Bell. I think he keeps, unfortunately, keeps getting himself traded to situations where they're expecting him to be a um, a power threat. And in reality, what he is, he's a run producer more than he is a power threat. And I know that sounds backwards, but he's a guy who's a gap-to-gap guy. you know. But the teams that he's going through, they're looking for home runs, which really isn't what he should be trying to do. But hopefully the Marlins will just, because they just have guys who hit, so maybe they'll just let him be what he is, which is a guy who just puts the ball in play. Um, uh, the Phillies, eh, you know, I didn't think the Phillies really needed to do anything. I just think they need to get people healthy. Um, so, you know, and the Braves are the Braves. I don't really see what really they needed to do. Um, they tank it around the edges, but not like they really need to do anything. The team they got is fine. So, um, and are we talking about the match yet?
0: No, that's the next place I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I, I just figured that I would uh I just figured I would cover all the teams that are still in the race first and then I would hit the five that are not. Uh-huh. So, the five teams that are not really in contention. Uh St. Louis sold off a few things. They sent Paul Dijon to uh Toronto in the wake of a knee injury from Bo Bichette. I hope he can get back. He's having a special season. Uh The Cardinals, I thought, would have traded even more than what they actually did. Uh They traded Jack Flaherty to Baltimore. We'll hit that a little bit more when we get to Baltimore and the American League in just a minute. Uh, they also traded Jordan Montgomery to Texas. Uh Thinking I think that's about it they did trade Jordan Hicks uh, to Toronto as well as Jordan Romano went in on the I.L. for back tightness, so the Toronto Blue Jays dipped into the St. Louis market for a couple of different guys. And so the Cardinals kind of sold off. Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh sold off and did... Uh, didn't sell a ton. They there was talk they might trade their clothes with David Bednar. That did not happen. They they did trade uh Gemon Choi uh to San Diego as we talked about earlier. But not a whole lot of action from Pittsburgh and that's quite honestly probably a good thing is they got some kids and you know, maybe a year or two away they showed us signs the first couple months of the season. Uh, but good for uh, uh the pirates. So Let's see, we got the Pirates, we got the Cardinals Let's see, we got five total Rockies, we just talked about the arms They traded Brad Hamm, Pierce Johnson, Taylor Hearn uh, Not really Any major position players got, oh, CJ Crum and Randall Gritchick Both went to the Angels We'll talk about them in a minute when we get to the American League uh, So that's three And then in the National League Looking around The Nationals, I thought they might trade a few of those those Bullpen arms, they did not trade Very much out of that bullpen Um, They didn't trade much as far as position players go. The Nationals kind of stayed packed. Now, the team I want to talk about the most, and uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this team. I'm going to kind of recap for a second, but the Mets, like the Padres, spent a ton of money going into the season. They were expecting with Scherzer and Merlander anchoring that rotation to be... You know, a World Series contender Uh, Merlander banged up early Scherzer been kind of banged up Um, At the end of the day uh, Let's just say it didn't work out They didn't trade quite as many pieces as I thought they might trade They did send Mark Canha to Milwaukee They Both aces are gone though We talked about David Robertson going to uh, The Marlins Uh, Let's see Justin Merlander goes to Houston More on that pretty quick And Max Scherzer to Texas Um, You know, I I thought they might end up trading more, but those are pretty much the significant pieces uh, traded out of New York. Uh, Listen, they got Luis Angel Acuna, Ronald Acuna's little brother back, uh, in the Scherzer deal. He's a top ten prospect in all the minor leagues. Uh, They paid a chunk of Berlander's salary, so Houston got him for a number that they were more comfortable with. They got back Drew Gilbert, who's a – Double A guy struggled this year, but he's a uh, played college ball at Tennessee. They got one other prospect from Houston in that deal, um, but the Mets thought they had everything set up, and now they ended up selling pieces off. So, Chandler, your thoughts on the on the squad from Queens and and what the Mets did at the deadline? Chandler, if you're talking, you're on mute. Chandler, are
1: you there? On the call, sorry. I um, I hit, I hit. was trying to unmute, and I ended the call. All right. Um,
0: so your thoughts on the Mets? Before what I talk about did? the Mets,
1: I need to talk about the Cardinals. Because the one thing they didn't do was fire the manager, which they should have done, and I said that already. And I told you they were going to have a lost season because of Marmol. But you need pitching that's been one of your biggest problems, so you trade away pitching. Cause that makes sense. It's, it's every move they've made this season is stupid. And, and and it's the same thing with the Mets. The Mets didn't have to have a lost season. To have a lost season. And we talked about this before I got sick, early in the season. How Buck was the problem. Buck was holding his team back. I like Buck Walter, but Buck Showalter is not the guy to get you over the finish line. He's not. Nope. Never has been. They had opportunities to bring up young players. They brought them up, and then he wouldn't play them. Now, finally, you're letting Vientos play when it's too late. You know, you never brought up Ron, Ronnie Mauricio. Mauricio. Oh, sorry, excuse me. I'm going to lose my breath. Mauricio, which you should have already done, especially in a season where guys weren't hitting. Guys aren't hitting. You have people who are who are ready to step in. And and honestly, if Narvaez hadn't gotten hurt, Wilson Alvarez, uh, not yet, yeah, wait a minute, Francisco Alvarez, Wilson, that's the pitcher. Francisco Alvarez would not be playing. Let's be clear on that. Because Buck doesn't want to play young players. He is actually – Buck Showalter is the reason that this team is in the situation it's in. So I don't blame Scherzer and I don't blame Verlander for leaving, but here's the piece. If I'm going to pay three-quarters of your salary for the next three years, and when we talk about Verlander, or next two years or whatever it is, you got to give me five bodies, not two. You got to give me five, and I don't yeah. care. Well, he was going to wait, no trade, close up, to go to Houston. I don't give a damn. Then you'll stay here and suffer with the rest of us. Okay. Yeah. You'll stay yeah, here I and suffer with, with the rest of us.
0: I, I agree with you. And the interesting part about that is, I heard that Baltimore checked in, and I heard that the Dodgers yeah. checked in, and I, yeah. he wa- he wanted to go back to Houston because of his comfort with Crane and all this kind of stuff, but Houston. Because of trades that they made for guys like Verlander and other moves that they made late in the season, Houston does not have a lot of close to major league ready prospects at all in this organization. This is the team that the Mets could could have gotten the least return from out of any of the teams that wanted Verlander. This is the team that had the least to give, and that's the team they ended No, up but that's with.
1: not true. That's not true. That is not true. Because see, you're going to give me those two prospects and you are going to give me Tucker or McCormick, period, end of story. You are going to give me Tucker or McCormick, you're going to give me the two you gave me, and you're going to give me two guys in single A. You're giving me five bodies. One of them I'm going to be able to play right now. And if they don't want to do that, then I keep Verlander. You see, Verlander came here. He didn't want to come to the Mets. First of all, he wanted to go to the Yankees. Yeah, and, and we not. I'm not. I'm not touching Brian Cashman yet. I'll I'll leave that alone for right now. But so he went to the Mets because it was either Houston or Yankees for him. But he took the Mets money, and then as soon as he could get out of town, he did. So you know, screw him. But you no, know, Billy Epler, whoever the Mets bring in as their as their head of baseball operations, Billy Epler should be fired the second this season is over. Because he totally mismanaged his trade deadline. You should have gotten more for Scherzer. You should have gotten more for Verlander. And, again, if they're not willing to give you the package you want, especially with the money that you're paying, then you keep them. You say, okay, well, I'm not making a deal then. And you see who blinks. And trust me, Texas would have blinked and Houston would have blinked because Christian Javier is having a bad season. Frambo Valdez is having a bad season. Okay? They are struggling. They may not make the playoffs. And if you don't think the addition of Verlander is going to help them, help their pitching staff, then you're not there paying attention. So Billy Epler and the Mets totally mismanaged this trade deadline. Why is starting Marte still on the Mets? Why is Daniel Vogelbach still on the Mets? Why is Jeff McNeil still on the Mets? Well, because they just paid Jeff McNeil. And Jeff McNeil is having – He's having an adjustment se- uh, 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 he's having an off season, that's fine. We know Jeff McNeil can hit. And he can't do nothing else to Bourtney. We know Jeff McNeil can hit. So you know you're allowed to have a down season. Okay? That's a one off as far as I'm concerned for McNeil. But um oh by the way, expect Peter Alonso to not be a met after next season. Based on what Steve Corn said when we'd like to get a deal done. We'd like to get a deal done? That's not, we are going to get a deal done. He's going to be a Met for life. You understand what I'm saying? So, same old Mets. So, that concludes
0: our trip around the National League. Um, We do have, like I said, right now, we have three division leaders and we have... um, up to seven teams that still are in contention for those last three playoff spots. So, uh, 10 of the 15 teams in the National League, today at least, uh, now this could change in a week, uh, but 10 of the teams in the National League right now are still in play for the sixth playoff spot. I think that As of right now, the only two teams that I think are close to a lock to make it are the Dodgers and the Braves. But uh, lots of things can happen. The Dodgers did also get Lance Lynn uh, to try to help the back of their rotation, Um, and the Marlins did also add Ryan Weather. So those are a couple other pieces uh, that were added that I left off. Earlier when kind of going through that And the Dodgers added Ryan Yarbrough From uh, Kansas City So that gets the National League Now let's go to the American League Right now Division leaders Orioles, Twins And Rangers Astros just a game or so back From the Rangers So we're going to say three teams for sure right now in contention And then um, The Mariners are kind of still in the fringe The Angels are kind of still in the fringe so we will say right now, uh, with a shot to make the postseason, three other teams from the West, Astros, Angels, Warriors. Uh, Cleveland has a very outside shot um, in the Central Division. Um, so I'm going to call them sort of a possible, like used to bid in spades. I got three in a possible in my hand right here. Um, and then, so that's three in a possible. And then going over and looking at the – Eastern Division, the other four teams still have a shot. I think the Yankees are probably becoming more and more remote. But the other four teams in that division still have a shot. So we're going to say seven and a possible right now, or six and two possibles, (laughs) which we'll call that seven. So we've got about the same number of teams sort of in contention right now in the American League as well. Chandler, any general comments on that that I just said before I start breaking down? What these teams did?
1: Um, I don't see anybody. I I only see uh, one team from the National League from the American League West getting in. Um, I don't. I don't think Houston has has it to 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 get in. But no, I mean it's a it's a pretty good summation of what it is right now.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now that I think that two teams get in from the West, and then I think you're going to have two from the West, one from the Central, and then three uh, from the East probably is what I think is probably going to happen. Uh, Just because Houston's creeping up. uh, Frammer just threw a no-hitter yesterday. Uh, You get Verlander back to kind of anchor that rotation down. You didn't lose any of your Major League pieces. Uh, Altuve and Jordan Alvarez are just getting back So that team is starting to get healthy. Um, I think Houston has a legit shot to uh, push Texas in that division. Uh, So let's start in the central Chandler. I think that's the easiest division to run through. Uh, The Royals traded Ryan Yarbrough. They traded Scott Barlow. Uh, They made a couple of moves. The Royals are not a very good baseball team uh, this year. They're barely right above the uh, A's in the standing, so they traded off a couple pieces. They did trade Chapman a few weeks ago. That was really one of the first moves to happen uh, trade-wise uh, in season. Um, so the Royals traded those pieces off. Uh, looking through the Detroit Tigers, traded Michael Lorenzen. They did have a trade in place to send Edwin Rodriguez to the Dodgers. But he exercised his no trade and said thanks, no thanks. I don't want to go. Uh, so he did not go to the Dodgers at, at all. Um, so that did not um, that did not happen. So no, Edwin Rodriguez turns that trade down. He's pitched pretty well this year. Probably would have brought them back a nice return, but he said. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't want to go to L.A. So what do you think of that, Chandler? Uh, Edwin Rodriguez saying no to this uh, deal to the Dodgers.
1: It's Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez. And what I do you think, think
0: of him saying no to I think him? that
1: the Tigers totally mishandled it because they sprung it on him at the last minute. They didn't talk to him ahead of time and say, listen, i um, you know, we, you know, we, we're going to take offers on you. We know you have a 10-team no-trade clause, but the Dodgers are one of the teams. There are a lot of former Red Sox on the Dodgers who tried to reach out and talk to him. But again, you didn't take into account his family situation, which is why he turned it down. It has nothing to do with he doesn't want to win. All other nonsense people are saying. His family, like, what do, you, what do you mean we got to suddenly pick up and go? And there's some things going on in his in his family life where he feels he needs to be on the East Coast, but maybe if they had talked to him, say, a week prior, because you the, the, that, that deal didn't suddenly just come up, okay? They start talking a week or two in advance, they start throwing names, what about this guy, what about this guy? So had they talked to him, gave him a heads up so he could sit down, talk to his family, and maybe make some arrangements, even with the said, listen, this is what I got going on, um, you know, on all things, something I'm going to need to be able to get up out of here to take care of this, take care of whatever it is. Um, and, again, I, I, I actually do know, but I, he hasn't made it public, so I'm not putting nobody's business in the street. Because, um, you know, I live in Michigan, so I, I still know people there. And, like I said, there's some things going on in his family where he needs to be around more. So had they just talked to this man maybe a week or so, maybe he could have got some things set up. Maybe would have made a trade. But you waited until the day of the deadline to go, oh, hey, by the way, we got to deal with the Dodgers. Would you be willing to go? Once again, you got these people who get these general manager jobs who really shouldn't have them.
0: Yeah, so looking at that, like I had a feeling that there was a, uh... Something like that had to have happened for him to turn that down because Eduardo Rodriguez has been I I was I was mixing him up with Edwin Jackson, I think is what was going on there. Uh Eduardo Rodriguez has been uh you know, to the World Series. He's he you know, he's been on those stages before, so definitely not a fear there. Um the I covered two of those teams, the Cleveland Guardians in that division, uh, this year. They kind of flipped and decided to sell it. I think part of this has to do with Shane Bieber being out for a chunk of time, Tristan McKenzie missing a chunk of time. These guys missed the arms at the front end of that rotation, and at the end of the day, that has has really hurt them. Uh, this is a team that that counted on a lot of kids. A very low payroll for this team, so not a lot uh to to go on there as far as you know if guys are not healthy or able to play um there's not a lot for them to fall back on uh in Cleveland this year uh they do have a lot of young kids that they are bringing up and giving a chance to pitch Tanner Bybee, uh Logan Allen they got a variety, you know a lot of young arms that they're getting good looks at so uh, we will see, you know, if that manifests itself for them in the future. But you're, uh, they did trade, I in mean, Rosario uh, to the Dodgers to try to help out with the shortstop situation in L.A. Um, looking around that team, uh, you know, Josh Bell was with them earlier this year. He ends up getting traded. I don't really see any other major pieces traded out of Cleveland, uh, even though they were called Sellers Channel. They weren't big sellers like the Mets or anybody else. Uh, But any other thoughts on Cleveland before I move on to the Twins and the uh,
1: White Sox? One of the people that you didn't mention that missed a lot of time this year is the manager. Um, Terry Francona has had health issues for the past few years. Um, I don't think Francona is going to be managing next year. I don't think they should let him manage next year, even if he wants to. (laughs) Excuse me. You can't have a manager – who's sometimes there, sometimes not. Can't have it. Tito either needs to acknowledge the fact that there's something going on and he needs to take the time to get healthy if he can, or he needs to go ahead and shut it down. You know, go be a general, go be a general manager. Go, you know what I'm saying? Go be an advisor. But it's time for him to get out of the dugout, and I think that's really hurt that team. And I'm not criticizing him because if you're sick, you're sick. But at a certain point, you have to understand that if you aren't there to do the job, there's an impact there. So I think Cleveland made the right decision to kind of pack it in because, honestly, I think in the off season, I think everybody not named Tristan um, McKenzie and Shane Bieber and, and um, Ramirez, everybody will be available. I think they're about to do what they did before, which is, they're about to go go through a whole reboot and they're going to be bad for a couple of years um, while they see if this, the new manager that they bring in is going to work out. But I think there's a lot of things working against that team. And the biggest one is the fact is that the manager is not healthy. And you can't tell me that if you're if you're not healthy and you're at work and we've all had jobs, we, you you're not able to do the same job when you're sick, when you have actual health issues. So, but Cleveland, I think it was the right move. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I'm expecting them to have a total reboot next season.
0: I'm going to add a couple of names to that list that I don't think are going to be traded. I could be wrong. I don't think they trade Andre Cimenez. Um And I don't think that they trade uh, – I don't think they trade Will Brennan, uh, the young outfielder. Uh, but we will see. Uh, but I could definitely see that. Like I said, I think that these a lot of these young pitchers they're getting auditions uh, at the big league level, either for this team or for a possible trade bait uh, moving forward. So I do agree with you. You know, it, it's funny because Cleveland really pushed the Yankees last year. A lot of people believing this team had a chance to like grab a stranglehold on this division. Uh, you know, I picked them coming into the season, I ain't going to lie, and this is one that uh, I'm going to be wrong on. I did believe, though, that this was going to be the worst division in baseball, and I think it is, to be quite honest with you. Um, Then the other two teams in this division, Chicago traded off a bunch of pitchers, so good luck getting pitchers off the uh, uh, fourth-plus team. Hopefully it'll work out for you. Uh, But so they – it's funny that, uh, again, Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez are both in a trade together again. Uh, they were uh, two guys that were traded together from the Nationals uh, to the White Sox in a move that brought the Nationals' Adam Eaton uh, several years ago. And then, lo and behold, they're getting packaged together again in a trade to the Angels' to try to bolster the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, so those guys are traded. Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly go to the Dodgers. Uh, Kendall Graveman uh, gets traded back to Houston. So uh, that's five pitchers off that staff that were all traded. Uh, no Jake Berger is the only real position player that was traded in those 20-plus home runs to the Marlins. Uh, Those are pretty much all the moves the White Sox made. Any other ones that you can think about? And what are your thoughts on the White Sox,
1: Tim? I thought they should have kept Giolito. I thought that was a stupid trade. And the fact that Tim Anderson is still there, you know I can't stand Tim Anderson. Um, I think Tim Anderson should have been moved, personally. Um, I think they could have got. A really good return um, on Tim Anderson because I think they I think they have a shortstop that's ready to play. Tim Anderson is a second baseman. I don't care what anybody says; he's a second baseman playing shortstop, and plus he's a clown. So I think he should have been traded. But you know, I that's basically because I can't stand the guy. You know, I'd fire him into the sun out of a cannon if I could. But I don't understand. When you have good pitchers and you keep trading them away. And then, in order to get good pitchers, you wind up having to trade prospects that are good prospects and they'll go get pitching when you already had the pitching. Um, it, it, excuse, me. excuse me. Kenny Williams is on a freaking hamster wheel, man. You know what I'm saying? It's Groundhog Day with him. He's doing the same dumb move over and over, and over, and over, and over again. Hey, we need pitching. Let's trade for some pitching. Let's give them some prospects. Hey, let's trade the pitching that we traded for to get some prospects. Hey, now let's trade those prospects. I don't know what the hell they're doing in Chicago. I really don't.
0: Well, and, you know, the one thing that I will say is, and I'm about to go in on another general manager in just a second, but I just do not believe that Rick Hahn needs to be uh, the guy that gets the to, to chance archi- to be the architect of this rebuild in Chicago. Uh, I think that they need to clean house in the front office. There are so many times that people want to point to the manager on the field, and I get it, but there, uh, at times you got to look at what the front office is doing. And I think that the Red Sox – I mean, sorry, the White Sox need a different general manager in place to be the architect of this rebuild. Um, I, I 100% believe that. You can't convince me uh, otherwise on that. Um, and that speaks to your point. Now, the the only other team in this division, I know we've got to keep moving here, uh, the only other team in this division that I really, really want to point to that we haven't covered is the Minnesota Twins. They didn't really do anything uh, leading into this trade deadline. And I'll be honest with you, if I'm a Twins fan with that general manager in place, I'm happy they didn't do anything. Because You look at, all you got to do is go back 365 days. And I said this briefly last night on the college cookout, 9 p.m. Eastern, shameless plug, uh, that last year the Twins decided we need another arm, so we are going to go get Tyler Malley from the Reds. who showed some signs last year and then came back, did not. Uh, was not able to do anything after they got traded. After he got traded, and they gave up a kid who is on his way up in the minor league system, who's very close to being major league ready. They gave up Spencer Steer, who has been raking. Like, listen, there's always talk about Ellie De la Cruz and Matt McClain, who's been really good. Let's not discount what Spencer Steer has done for Cincinnati. He's played a little bit of first and third, some left field. I've been in the middle of that order a lot of the season. Spencer Steers had a really good season and would have looked really good in that Minnesota Twins lineup uh, this year with all the injuries and all the different things that they've had go on uh, there in the Twin Cities. So I think there's so many Minnesota Twins players that have been traded over the last couple years, last few years, that are thriving in other organizations. Uh, and, you know, T.P. and I have had this conversation a couple of different times. He wants to point the finger at Rocco Baldelli, and Baldelli may have plenty of blame, but I look at the front office, and this is another team in this division that I think that there needs to be a shakeup in the front office before they're allowed to make more moves. Uh, Chandler, any other thoughts on this division before we keep it pushing?
1: Yeah, I would agree that people running the Twins need to to go – I mean, see, this is the problem with these totally analytic-driven teams is they go out and they look at the, all these advanced stats and they don't look at the fact that the guy just ain't that good, you know. And then Baldelli is such a slave to those numbers that he doesn't pay attention to the fact that the guy maybe just not be that good. I mean, think about the fact that they gave up Luis Arias, okay. Think about the fact that they gave him up. Think about the fact that, honestly, they made a mistake giving Byron Buxton that contract. There's no way in the hell you give Byron Buxton that contract when he couldn't stay healthy. Was the money going to magically make him stay healthy? No. You should have traded Buxton when his value was the highest, which was before you gave him that contract. So, yeah, I would agree. Um you got to clean house in Chicago and Minnesota, basically. Everybody got to go. I'm talking the secretaries, the janitor, the window cleaner, the guy that they watered the plants, all of them got to go. So uh, that's one
0: thing we agree on, uh, Tanner. i missed you the last few weeks. You always bring spice. Uh, before we hit the last two remaining divisions in the American League, uh, I'm going to give you a choice. So you tell me, do we go west first or do we go east? Where do you want to go
1: first? Um, the west actually would well, – you know, let's do the west because the west is interesting to me because um, I have some thoughts about both L.A. and Seattle.
0: Okay. So I'm just going to kind of run through it and then just sort of uh, leave it out there for you to do what you want with it and we'll kind of go back and forth because I, I have a feeling that we are going to disagree on L.A., which is always fun for a uh, good sports talk when we disagree. Chandler and I can agree to disagree at times. Sometimes I wonder if that's what we should call the show, <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> but uh, Roundtable gumbo works, definitely brings spice, and I love it. Uh, and shout-out to Chandler for coming up with it and uh, giving some uh, respect to the New Orleans roots there, so uh, still appreciate the name channel. Thank you for that. Uh, now, looking around in the American League West, the Oakland A's uh, did not do a whole lot. They traded Fujinami and maybe a couple of these pitchers, but uh, no major uh, moves that, from the position players in Oakland. Uh, you know, Ramon Laureano did not get traded Um no major deals there by Oakland. Uh, looking at Seattle, this team did not do a whole lot either. They didn't make some of the moves they made last year. They got Louis Castillo at the trade deadline last year from Cincinnati. Uh, they pulled some other moves this year, pretty much just kind of fringe things. They even traded Paul Seawall. Um, I'm trying to remember where he went to, uh, but they traded Paul Seawall, down guy in the back half of their bullpen. Uh, this team knows they're kind of on the fringe, uh, but not necessarily there so Seattle doesn't do a whole lot at the deadline either we've talked a little bit about Texas after adding uh Jordan Montgomery Texas also um uh, well they they added a role to Chapman a while back which we talked about now they come back and go go get Max Scherzer they lost the on Hill in that move um, that move I do applaud the Mets for because I think Acuna has a chance to be a franchise guy uh, for a while. Um, they then turned around and traded for Jordan Montgomery uh, from the Cardinals who's on an expiring contract, but he's been pretty solid this year, former Yankee when he's been in there. Uh, I feel like they got another bullpen arm too, but I'm having trouble calling it right now. Uh, but the Rangers did make a few moves to try to improve on the periphery. No major, no major position player moves, but their lineup was already very, very solid. So uh, that's what the Rangers did. The Astros we talked about adding Justin Verlander back to that staff. I think they kind of fleece the Mets in that move. No other real uh, moves of significance with the Padres. I mean, with the Astros they added Kendall Grayman, as we talked about before. Now, to me the biggest story in vision as far as the trade deadline goes of the Angels. So there was talk about whether or not they would sell Otani. Uh they played pretty well. I think that GM just did not want to be the guy that was noted for trading Otani. They are going to hold on to the very end, uh, trying to show Otani that they want to win. At right, the end of the day, it may not be enough and they still may lose him, but then it'll be on the player. So looking at what this team did, uh, when they had Rendon go down again and they had a couple of injuries on the infield before even the deadline, they go get Mike Moustakas and they go get Eduardo Escobar to try to help them fill plug some holes in the infield. And then when Tyler Ward got hit in the face uh, this past weekend, they pivot really quickly and go get Randall Grichick, uh who's had a decent season. They go get him and C.J. Crom to try to give them some depth on the offensive side of the ball. They went and got Lucas Giolito who got lit up in Atlanta yesterday, but in all fairness that's happened to some good some other really good pitchers this season. Uh they got Renato Lopez to add some depth to their bullpen. Uh so the Angels were very active and keep in mind to be getting trout back soon and that Logan Ohapi, uh the catcher from the that they got from the Phillies last year who played well in the first month plus of this season is supposed to be able to get back sometime this month as well. So that'll be a nice addition to this team, but they're still definitely behind the eight ball. So Chandler, that's sort of the recap of the West. I'm going to throw it out to you
1: and let you kind of go anywhere you want to with that. Well, I'll start with Seattle. Well, let me start with Oakland. The reason Oakland didn't trade anybody because they didn't have anybody left to trade. Um, Nobody wants Ramon Laureano. So and they tell me anybody else that they would really want off their team. So um, they basically have given away the entire farm system and, and all of the major league talent. So, you know, that's not a surprise that they didn't make any moves. Seattle, I am glad Seattle didn't make any moves because this team came into the season thinking because they won last year, this, this year would be easy. And they got slapped in the face. Um, the manager, every player on that roster, um, they came in there thinking this was, you know, it was fait accompli, hey, you know, it's ours now and all of that, um, we'll be fine. And the fact of the matter is they weren't fine. You know, they they came in with an attitude of we just got to lay our jersey on the field and, and we'll be fine. So I'm glad they didn't make a move because the front office is saying to them, um we ain't going to help you until you're willing to help yourself. They have more than enough talent to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs because you get into a mode of it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. The house is on fire, mind you, Oh, it'll be fine, okay? And and the Angels, I like Lucas Giolito. He's not a difference maker. Ronaldo Lopez is not a difference maker. They didn't do anything to make their team appreciably better. Nothing. And I said, oh, Trout's going to be back. For how long? For how long? Because he can't stay healthy either. And neither can Rendon. So if you really think that Trout and Rendon are going to be healthy the rest of the season, I have an island here in upstate New York to sell you. Okay? I have an island, beautiful island. Right in the middle of Rochester. It's an island. I'll sell it to you. All right? Um, I think Arnie Moreno should have traded Shohei Ohtani. I think his short-sightedness once again, once again, has hurt his team. He, sh- he should have sold the damn team like he said he was going to. Then he decided he wasn't going to sell. Okay? I don't want to be a guy that traded Shohei Ohtani. Okay, but you're going to be the guy who lets him walk for nothing. You're going to be the guy who has your team in salary and, and luxury tax hell, and you're going to lose your best player for absolutely nothing. Arnie Moreno's a clown. He should not be allowed to own a team. I don't care who the age got. Like I said, Lucas Giolito, okay, he's met. He's met. And if he was such a great difference maker, why haven't the White Sox done anything? With him in their pitching staff so miss me with the whole they got lucas giolito and, and they got eh, they got a bunch of math and so you traded for math your team is math and you fail to trade your biggest asset let me know how that works out for you the angels
0: yeah i i, I definitely get what you're saying And I I do think that this is a team that has limited resources in their farm system. I think that they are hoping that when they can get Trout back, that, you know, Trout and Otani and Mickey Moniac, has been pretty good, Uh, when he fell at the top of the order, uh, these guys can uh, provide enough pop and then you can link them the line up a little bit with Gritchick and Chrome, who are coming off the last place team. So I mean, like you said, uh not huge difference makers but uh listen
1: they unlike some question. other teams Uh-huh. How many how many years has Mike Trout been in LA? Ten years, right?
0: I think this is his twelfth season in LA. Okay. Eleventh or 12th, So yeah. when
1: exactly has he made a difference when it comes to them trying to make the playoffs? Because, see, this is, the, this is the part where when people are talking about he's the best player of our generation, I say bullshit. Because, see, if you're the best player, at some point you make an impact in games that matter for your team. Like, for all of the crap New Yankee fans get Giancarlo Stanton, when it comes playoff time, who's the one hitting home runs and winning games for them? Okay? That's an impact player. Mike Trout is extremely talented. He ain't made a lick of impact in the entire time he's been there. But suddenly, this is the season he's going to make an impact? Okay.
0: <laughs> so, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this division. I I think that, like I said, at the end of the day, I think two teams, both from Texas, are going to make the playoffs in this division. If you say one, I say two. Uh, we will see what happens there. So let's go to the east as we wrap up our trade deadline discussions. We've so far covered all three divisions in the National League. Um, I did forget to mention as I get to the east that the Dodgers also acquired Kike Hernandez uh, from the Red Sox, to give them another right-handed bat off the bench and a utility guy uh for that infield. So that was another piece that the Dodgers picked up. So looking at the Red Sox, they traded Kike Hernandez. He wasn't a shortstop anyway. They were kind of playing a square peg in a round hole. Um, but to me, not really any other, unless I'm missing something, Chandler, not really any other major moves coming out of Boston uh, I feel like that this division has kind of flipped in some ways as uh, the Yankees and Boston were pretty much bystanders at the deadline when you know for years and years and years. That's not uh, how things played out. The Yankees, at the very last minute, were talking about being sellers and talking about all these different guys on the market, Harrison Bader and all these other guys. At the end of the day, they don't really trade anybody, but they go get another guy, a six pitcher from the White Sox, let me know how that works out for you. Another pitcher of the last place team, uh, Keenan Milton uh, to the Yankees. And that was the only significant, well, I'm not even going to say significant. That was the only real move that the Yankees made um, at the deadline here. Now going through the rest of this division, uh, Tampa got Aaron Savale from Cleveland uh, for a prospect. To add to that rotation, they didn't really do a whole lot uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But bringing Tavali in to try to help offset, they just got McClanahan back but still missing Rasmussen, still missing uh, Springs. So other guys uh, are probably going to be out for the entirety of this year. uh, So they had to do something to try to help augment that that pitching. So Aaron Tavale from Cleveland, uh, not a bad little pick for them. Uh, Staying in the theme of pitching, Uh, The Orioles were linked to a lot of other names. They did end up getting Jack Flaherty, who's on the expiring contract, uh, to try to lengthen their rotation. Orioles, man, have been very good. I thought they were a year away. Uh, That might be what Seattle is. Maybe we'll see. Uh, But they've been really good. They're so young in their pitching staff, though. They sent Grayson Rodriguez down. He recently has come back. Uh, Kyle Braddish has been good for them. So has Dean Kramer. Tyler Wells has been really good, but he's really got hit pretty hard the last couple times out. Uh, So they sent him down to double-A. I think right now, if nothing else, just to kind of save him uh, so he doesn't eat up all of his innings uh, so soon. So we'll see if maybe a little bit of time off, a little bit of rest, you know, brings some snap back into his stuff uh, because he has not looked like the same guy the last couple times out. But they added Jack Flaherty. Uh, to that rotation And then one of the more, more active teams Going into this deadline Was the Toronto Blue Jays uh, And some of it I think Was because of injuries Uh Jordan Romano goes down So they go get Jordan Hicks uh, From the cards They also Got Paul Dejeune Once uh, Bo Bichette's knee started barking at him Uh They added him as well Um to try to help out with that uh to try to help out at shortstop to kind of fill the gap there uh, but this this team made a few little moves they didn't really uh they didn't go grab a starter but they are getting hit, uh Hinjin Ryu back uh he pitched on Tuesday did not pitch great but it's his first outing back against a pretty uh good offense so uh I, I would not rule that out and the interesting thing is you know i've been saying all year that offense is pretty good can they pitch enough They've actually been getting some pretty good starting pitching up and down that rotation. Another former twin, Jose Barrios, uh, has been solid. Chris Bassett has been up and down, but pretty good for the most part. say Kikuchi, in a lot of ways, has been the best pitcher on this team, former Seattle Mariner. Um, and then still kind of looking around there, uh, I think Kikuchi is the guy that got for Teoscar Hernandez. Um, in that trade, that's another guy that Seattle could not trade, even though they kind of tried to. Um, and then... Uh, you add those guys with and Ryu, and Manoa has pitched better since he's gotten back from going down to the uh, development complex. So the Blue Jays with a flurry of moves to try to kind of help uh, help that team out a little bit. Uh, so I think that kind of covers what's happened in the AL East. So Chandler, I know your team is in here, uh, but what are your
1: thoughts on the moves made in the American League East? Well, um my, I, like what, I like Baltimore going out trying to get a pitcher. Um, they couldn't get the guy they wanted, so they had to settle for Flaherty. And I say settle for Flaherty because Flaherty is a guy who, when he's expected to do, to do well, he spits the bit. If you look at his career, season starts, everybody's expecting Flaherty to be ace of his staff, and he's out there pitching like a fifth starter. Come after the All-Star break, when everybody says, oh, all he is now is the, is, the, is the, you know, he's not, you know, oh, well, maybe we were wrong about him. Now suddenly he's pitching like an ace because the lights are no longer on him. So I don't know how well he's going to do in Baltimore. I really don't. Because um, I don't trust him in a big moment is the thing. I don't trust him in a big moment. But I do like the fact that they made the move. I said before the year started that Baltimore was – was second best team in the American League. It turns out they're the first, they're the best team in the American League East. Um, that team is good. They're ready. They're not a year away. They're ready now. And and for once, the Angelos family actually went out and acquired somebody who make who makes some money. Shocking, I know. Um, Boston, I didn't expect Boston to do anything Is Heinz Bloom's a clown. He shouldn't have a job, you know. So I'm not shocked at that. Again, Toronto, with the moves Toronto made, I don't see how that really, really, really helps them. Because until some of those guys in there stop believing that their poop don't stink, right, um, then that's when this team is going to get better. Because every year, for the past, what, three years, we've expected Toronto to take that next step. And every year they spit the bit. So I don't trust them either right now. Oh. And as far as the team, you know, they got two relievers, actually, um, one of whom they immediately sent to the minor leagues. Um, as far as Keenan Middleton, Brian Cashman is great at taking a below-average player and turning him into an average player, right, where they perform so much better than what they were doing. They look like, oh, my God, look, look at how great they're, 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 they're um, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? Scouting is. Yet they can't self-scout. You were trying to trade for Blake Bellinger, who you could have gotten for nothing in the offseason, but you didn't want to sign him. And you spent the whole year saying, we need a left fielder. You went into the season saying, we need a left fielder. You went in the last offseason saying, we need a left fielder. You still don't have a left fielder. You made no trades. Louis Severino should not be a Yankee right now. He shouldn't be a Yankee. And I'm laying this at the feet of player development. It's been eight seasons, and he still hasn't learned to pitch. He still hasn't learned to pitch. If his fastball is not dominating, he can't pitch. Guess what? Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, You name the guy who who we all know is always fireballers, right? Ask them how many games they've had great fastballs and still won those games, still dominated the games, because guess what? They're secondary stuff, right? Luis Severino has no changeup. He has no slider. All he has is a fastball. Oh, and you brought back Tommy Canely, who refuses to throw anything other than a changeup, and after six changeups in a row, I don't know. The batter might recognize it and hit it out of the park like Santander did the other night to win the game one to nothing. I've been saying this almost 20 years now. Brian Cashman should be fired. Brian Cashman is not a good GM. Brian Cashman is a clown. But how Steinbrenner is more concerned with ensuring that the Yankees make a profit than he is with winning. So this is what you get. You get a $300 million third-place team.
0: And there's a possibility. Listen, for all the uh, for all the fact that the Red Sox got in the offseason, the kid Yoshida has been really good. Um, Devers has been fine. Tristan Casas is starting to settle down. Uh, They're going to get Trevor Story back in the next week to play shortstop. Uh, This is a team that, not saying is a postseason contender, but this is a team that could end up finishing ahead of the the Yankees. Uh, The Yankees have been between fourth and fifth place uh, over the last week plus because Toronto has been able to pull out in front a little bit. Um, You know, this Yankees team could end up finishing in the basement. This could be, for the first time in a while, uh, An October slash November baseball postseason in which the Big Apple has no involvement at all, uh, no playoff baseball at all played in New York this year. Uh, that is becoming more and more of a possibility uh, the, the further we get into the season.
1: Uh, and
0: and I don't understand why with both of these New York teams. Uh, if you need a left fielder so bad, I don't understand why at some point you haven't just brought uh, Dominguez up and put him in playing. plane. Um, I don't get that. And, listen, if I were the Mets, you talking to McNeil having an off year, I would have Bientos, I would have Alvarez, I would have Beatty, and I would have Ronald Mauricio on my lineup almost every day, somewhere on the field. Uh, I would just bring these kids up and let them play and evaluate them and see that you're not going anywhere. Uh, you're not going to be in the postseason. So use this time to give some of these kids, you know, some a chance to catch live rounds uh, and a chance to you know, play every day for a little while and at least get a good evaluation of them at a major league bubble. Um I, I, I don't understand it. I, there are a few general managers in baseball that, Uh, I think that Chandler and I could both do a lot better than, uh, you know, Chandler, it might take us a little while to hash out an agreement sometimes, but I bet you and I could do uh, collectively a much better job running a lot of these teams uh, (laughs) for sure. Um, So we've kind of sort of gone around the entire league, Uh, might submit a more condensed article this weekend with uh, winners and losers, Uh, but just kind of going around, I wanted to sort of have an in-depth show where we, kind of focused on uh, the trade deadline, what happened um, in Major League Baseball as the trade deadline has changed from the 31st to August 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. These We have summarized and hit almost every uh, significant move that was made in Major League Baseball this week. Uh, Canada, do you have anything else on Major League Baseball that you would like to hit?
1: Um, yeah, shame on Rob Manfred shame on Major League Baseball for allowing the ownership group in Oakland to basically team down to the studs and then blame the, <coughs> excuse me, blame the city of Oakland for the fact that no one's going to the games um, Rob Manfred and I've said it before and I'm going to continue to say it Rob Manfred is a clown Rob Manfred should not be the commissioner of baseball because he don't give a damn about baseball he doesn't. He don't care about the game. He don't. I don't think. I don't think Rob Manfred likes baseball. Honestly, I don't even think he likes baseball. But I think that it's good that Baltimore and Cincinnati and Chicago um, are where they are in the standings. Those teams have been mismanaged for a while, you know. And I don't want to hear what well, the plan was. We heard this. I don't want to hear that because there were things you could have done without breaking the bank to keep those teams competitive and still, you know, build up your farm system. But I like the I like the fact that Cincinnati's in the mix. I like the fact that Chicago's in the mix. I like the fact that listen, Baltimore Baltimore has been in baseball since the 1800s. You know, that's a cornerstone franchise of Major League Baseball whether people realize it or not. Now, I know the Angels family is running into the ground, but that's a damn good baseball town. And those fans deserve, they deserve to have this team. So I'm just really glad that some of these teams are finally, oh, in Arizona as well, realizing um, the fruits of screwing over their fans. Um, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase that, that the fans are finally getting to see something for all the money they've spent on these terrible teams. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see those teams in the mix again.
0: I agree. I think it's good for baseball. You know, you talk about old franchises, Cincinnati, one of those one of the things that I wish they would still do in major league baseball is I, I liked the fact that like Cincinnati was always sort of the the first game of of the year uh played in Cincinnati to open the major league season. Um I wish they would would kind of go back to that. Uh you know, this team definitely has a reputation now. A lot of it goes back, right? Like you got the big red machine days in the 70s. They did win one with um, Lou Piniella in 1990. Last time they won the World Series. They have been back um, a couple of different uh, times to the playoffs. Uh, they, five to the Braves, got swept, Um haven't been back to a league championship series in a while, and I don't know that they've won a playoff series in a while. But I think it's good for baseball, for the Reds to be good, good for Baltimore. And now that Seattle broke their postseason drought last year, the two longest droughts in Major League Baseball when it comes to postseason. Now, part of this is because of COVID, because they did eight playoff teams in each league, remember, in 2020. So that – has a little to do with it, but the two teams now in Major League Baseball with the longest postseason drought are the Detroit Tigers and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And I don't think either one of them are going to be on the doorstep of the postseason uh, come beginning of October. So uh, that drought will continue, and we'll be talking at least 10 years for either one of those teams to make the playoffs. And I don't really see what I'm making it next year, but we'll see. Um, so that covers everything i got on Major League Baseball. We've been here for a while tonight. Chandler, it's really good to have you back. I'm glad you were here uh, tonight. Is there any uh, any football-related stories or anything else you want to cover tonight? I know that training camps are just getting started. we kind of hit some other stuff on the network this week. We've got plenty of time to get to things before things open up. Uh, you know, in the next month or so. So, but is there any other uh, pressing issues or thoughts that you want to get out uh, before we get ready to shut the doors here today?
1: Yeah, how the hell did Zach Thomas make the NFL Hall of Fame?
0: I I don't know. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I think maybe they had the same people vote for him that voted for Scott Rowan.
1: Yeah, well, don't even get me started on the on the baseball Hall of Fame. The, the two dudes they got in. Don't even get me started on that now, I'm saying Every Hall <laughs> of Fame, should just take the they should take the word fame off and just put Hall of Okay. Y'all need to be the Hall, the of, Hall okay. of Good. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all just letting anybody in now. So
0: um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Chandler, real quick. We did see that uh, ESPN's laid off a bunch of people. Apparently, the 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 NBA A team has been broken up with Van Gundy and Mark Jackson both kind of being let go by the network. We jokingly said that Doc Rivers would be back on TV, and now it looks like the new uh, A team for NBA broadcasting is going to be Mike Green. Darth Burke and Doc Rivers uh, instead of Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson. Any thoughts on that
1: change by ESPN? Well, listen, um, if Mark Jackson ever wants to coach again, he needs to get out of TV. Um, this is going to be his only shot and maybe get back on the sidelines if he still wants to. Um, I honestly thought Jeff Van Gundy was a clown. Listen, Jeff Van Gundy wasn't no, no, no Hall of Fame coach, all right? He was a good coach. He wasn't great, okay? And I got tired of listening to him sitting there, listening to him act like, you know, he was the greatest coach in, in the world. Uh, bruh, uh, I saw you coach the Knicks, okay? So I don't have a problem with it. And honestly, I think most of the uproars about Doris Burke, who I love, I think she's highly knowledgeable. I would listen to Doris Burke and Hubie. I wish they had Hubie Brown. But if I had to just sit and listen to any two people talk basketball, it'd be Doris Burke and Hubie Brown, period. I sit there and listen to them talk basketball for the rest of my life. That's how much knowledge they both have. So I don't have a problem with it. Doc is okay. I don't really care. Um, I'm glad Doris Burke got it. I think a lot of uproars because she's a woman. Um, And if that's your issue, you know what? Go to hell. But Doris Burke extremely knowledgeable. So I like, I now, I wish Mark Jackson still had a job, obviously. But, you know what? I don't have a problem with it. I actually think I, my personal opinion is I would listen to them before I'd listen to Mark Jackson and, and Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy or any of the damn Van Gundys.
0: Said, um, when Doc was on TV previously, um, I thought he did a decent enough job. Um, I do like Doris Burke a lot. You know, I, I've caught her a lot on. You know, I've talked about this before, but if I'm watching with other people, a lot of times I'll have it on TV. But by myself, a lot of times I like the radio broadcast, right? Because when on TV they're talking about stuff that don't have anything to do with what's going on on the court because they figure you can see what's happening. Uh, On radio, they're actually telling me where the ball is and who's passing it and whose hands it is and where they're on the court, giving me a much better, a much more vivid picture of what's happening. So I like the radio broadcast and uh ESPN radio. Uh Doris is on there and uh you know, I'm gonna miss her being on the on the because I, I definitely very much enjoy the content that she brings. Uh so Chanda, if you got anything else you wanna throw in the pot real quick, uh let's do it. Otherwise, uh I'm so happy to have you back, man. I'm glad you're here. It's good to hear you out here. Um then we could just do some uh we could just do some plugs and close outs and get ready to shut the doors here.
1: Okay, um, well, you know, as as always, I mean, let me get the number right. Here we go. Um, if uh, if you're a vet, if you're a family member of a veteran, a friend of a veteran, spouse of a veteran, um, 22 veterans commit suicide every single day. 22 veterans commit suicide every day. 988, hotline, option one for veterans. Um, it doesn't have to be that you're about to hurt yourself. Maybe you just, it's hard to be a veteran and be out here. Maybe you just want to talk to someone who understands the way you talk. Call the number. And the other thing I'll say is, if you're a miserable veteran or not, and you say, oh, life sucks and there ain't nothing to do, and there's never anything to do, and I'm bored and I'm tired, and da-da-da-da-da, when somebody gives you a suggestion to do something, say yes. Always say yes, unless it's obviously unless I'm bad. But say yes, because the worst thing that can happen is that you're right, and it sucks. Most of the time you'll be wrong and you'll have a good time. That's all I got, Bart.
0: Cool. Um, well, I will tell you that i try to it on even when you're not here.
1: Uh, so
0: real quick, man, check us out, sportscitychef.com, blog, websites, articles. Check out our shows, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights, 11 a.m. on Sundays co promo code Chefs at checkout. Get yourself 15% off there. Uh, Chandler, very good to have you back. Hope to have you back again next Thursday, man. Always in my thoughts, much appreciation to you. Shout out to the other chefs, man. Let the good times roll, and as time as always says, man, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Peace. We out of here. See you next week.